Hello everyone and welcome to the Rosecut December market update, uh, the Christmas edition if you will. Uh, we'll be talking about some of the themes that we're looking at for next year. I'm joined by Mike as ever. How are you Mike? Good Daniel, good to chat to you. End of a, an interesting year, I think a year marked by the outperformance of big tech stocks. Uh, if you look at everything else, it's been actually very average year. I think the Nasdaq without the big tech stocks is only about 5 or 6%. Small caps kind of flattish, etc. So it doesn't feel like it's been a dull year. Uh, Return-wise, it, it probably has, with the exception of a few of those, those big stocks. But I think going into next year, very interesting that we're potentially at the turning point in the liquidity cycle as well. Yes, it feels like we've been here before when when you say tech stocks have led the market <laughs> and generated a lot of return. Uh, and they're probably going to uh, come back into vogue at present as in the short term we've got a, another variation of COVID which is uh, hit, current hit in Europe and these things tend to hit uh, the rest of the world. So the US for example with a, a couple of weeks lag. So, you know, another winter where we'll be worrying about what impact on the market COVID has and the stay-at-home stocks, the tech stocks, have, have likely benefited from uh, any rotation off the back of that. As we look into next year, I, I think it's fair to say that we're a bit more cautious. We're looking at how uh, we expect returns to be lower than we've seen over the past couple of years, uh, but not necessarily negative. And one of the reasons for this thinking is what the central banks are doing with monetary policy. Do you want to uh, just touch upon that, Mike? Yeah, so I think that the background for listeners is that we've had this wave of inflation, multifaceted inflation, in the sense that some of it is caused by supply chain disruptions, some of it is caused by plain old demand for food, meat, other household goods. And we're also in parts beginning to get uh, an uptick in, in wage inflation. So that is a new departure. We haven't seen inflation of this magnitude in a long time. The headline inflation rate, the most recent one in the States, is closing in on 7%. Uh, in the old days, that would have caused many a central banker to panic and, and dramatically raise rates. Today is much more fragile and vulnerable in the context of, of uh, COVID and also the fact that the, the world is very much indebted. So I, I think central bankers face a difficult balancing act. They know that. And I think we will creep slowly away from the central bank bond buying, but not altogether. I think the ECB seem to be more of the mind that they need to continue to, to do that. And I think as we get into 2022, you will see the, the big central banks contemplate and then raise interest rates. We've already seen that from some emerging market and other smaller country central banks, Norway, for example. I think a lot of that is priced in and while rate increases will be new to, to households, markets have been digesting this news now for the last maybe four or five months. So it's really a question of just trying to calibrate the, the timing, the speed and the magnitude of those uh, rate increases. As a bit of background, I think what's probably interesting is the fact that headline inflation numbers probably are peaking in terms of the the year-in-year -year effects now beginning to peter out and as we get into probably march april the headline numbers will probably begin to to drop off and that the debate will turn to i think two things one to what extent is, is trend inflation going to continue to be higher 
And then secondly, are we going to see a pickup in wage inflation? And, and normally wage inflation picking up is a sign to many people that the trend in inflation is just that bit more sticky and, and durable. But that probably leads on to one other thing that we're looking at for next year, which is uh, the energy sector and this issue of the transition from fossil fuels to cleaner energy. And uh, it's a theme that listeners will have heard us speak about because last November, so November 2020, we made our move into the energy sector ETF, which has been one of our strongest performing holdings. Uh, And this was the old fossil fuel companies. It's a really interesting one because obviously there's a desire to move to clean energy by the world. And um, the problem is that it's just not an easy thing to to do. It's not something you can do overnight. Uh, And so we've seen demand for energy come back stronger than people expected. But now there's a problem with the supply. And that's why you've seen the oil price get back up to, I think it was $85 at one point in recent weeks. Uh, people are talking about it exceeding $100. Some of this will depend on how cold it is over winter. Power prices are actually already quite high throughout Europe. And you can see that in prices like stuff of natural gas, uh, which are hitting highs again. This is basically a big input into the inflation numbers, and it's probably going to uh, have a big impact over the next few months before tailing off uh, as we go into Q2 of next year, uh, as you mentioned there. And one thing that we might see more talk about, if we're not already seeing it, is uh, a transition to using more uranium as a power source as well. It's quite interesting because often in the past, the Green parties and, and environmentalists were very against uranium and nuclear power. But actually, there's a growing number of people who are pointing out that it's emission-free. And therefore, actually, if you can handle the sort of um, storage and wasting of the end product, it's actually quite good for the environment. So there's an interesting sub-theme going on there. Yeah, and that's I think that's interesting because in, in some European countries, France, for example, there's, a, there's quite a sophisticated nuclear power industry. You used to have that in Germany as well. They've obviously scaled back. So I, I expect this debate to, to continue. It's also going to be a big, a big feature in countries like China, where there's a, a massive environmental effect from, from coal power generation and where the government at the same time has got more ambitions for nuclear power plants, whether they can build out the necessary infrastructure uh, quickly enough in a way that's safe, I think for me, is, is a, it, there's a question mark over that. Yeah, and another factor that's helping uh, this move is it might sound like a niche market to uh, our listeners, but there's something called carbon credits in Europe. Uh, and this means that basically if a business produces too much carbon uh, as a byproduct of, of what it's doing, it has to buy credits to offset this carbon production. And the cost of these things has, has jumped about 50% in the last few weeks. Uh, it basically looks like a cryptocurrency. That's how well it's performed. <laughs> you know, listeners need to be aware that the, the carbon, natural gas markets, that these are all quite arcane, specialised uh, and at times illiquid markets. And when you get underlying squeezes, you tend to get a, a you know a lot of liquidity coming in. And as you say, you, some of the contracts just go go vertical, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. It's not some Avalon piece on the energy sector, <laughs> but I think we'll see a lot about it in the news. How would we sum up our expectations for next year, Mike? Caution. I, I think. Monetary I think policy. 
the, the backdrop is I hope normalization from COVID and that the world slowly gets back to the new normal. I think innovation and growth will continue to be the watchwords in terms of the economy and the, the, the way economies are changing. And then for markets, the big issue would be the slow rationing of liquidity by, by central banks and the effect that this is going to have on different asset classes, you know, from small caps to, to tech stocks, etc. And that really is the barometer that people need to need to keep an eye on. Well summarized. Thank you, Mike. Okay. I hope you have a great Christmas and uh, everyone that listens. Everyone listening, uh, a really good holiday and uh, happy new year. 